Welcome, T-Bird Nation, to the Coaches Show, sponsored by the Touchdown Club. We got the inaugural Touchdown Club episode. This is an exciting new era for Southern Utah University football, a special year. This is Coach Delane Fitzgerald's first year at the helm of Thunderbird football. Community and fans couldn't be more excited, Coach. Welcome. Uh, pre- John, thank you for having me. Yeah, this this is going to be uh, an ongoing weekly show we might have a, a skip here and there but uh, ultimately this is uh, for the community and the fans to engage uh, with coach and and some of our special guests that we'll have uh, coming up uh, uh, up this year and we're excited uh, we're excited to get going so uh, first question coach give us a quick rundown of how you ended up in Cedar City well, first of all, you said there would be a skip, might be a skip here and there. Yeah. Uh, for all of you guys, for everybody out there listening and watching, what John is saying is, is if we just get our trash kicked one week <laughs> and he doesn't feel like t- he's still mad at me on Monday or Tuesday and doesn't want to interview me, he's just not going to interview me that week. Which, hey, if that happens, I, w- I would appreciate it. I'd appreciate you not interviewing. Yeah, me. <laughs> we'll see. We'll see how the uh, how the temperature is going yeah, uh, t- after. Uh, you know, maybe we just won't even lose one. The t- the tone and tempo. Oh, yeah, could, could, yeah, could possibly be bad. Yeah. How did I get to Cedar City? Yes, sir. I was the head coach at Southern Virginia University, and then being that head coach for five years there, um, I had Utah as my recruiting area. I actually had Utah, Nevada, and um, Idaho, Nevada, as y'all say it out here. <laughs> Nevada. 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 Yeah. So um, I recruited up and down the 15. Um, you could get really cheap flights into Las Vegas and Southern Virginia University would fly me into Las Vegas and then I, I would spend weeks and one time I spent a whole month out here just up and down the interstate recruiting from Las Vegas all the way to Pocatello, Idaho, sometimes up into Boise. Um, got to know the area, really liked it here, liked the people here. Um, th- thought it was a re- really good mixture of people here and j- just just good people. Um, like this university, um, thought this is a this is a sleeping giant in football. Um, so somebody can come here in football and put it together and be really good five, six, seven, eight straight years. Um, give Southern Utah and the, and the West Coast something to be really, really proud of. Um, so how did I get here? Um, I come to know it by, by recruiting this area. Um, and then when the job opened up in the middle of November, I just threw my name in a hat and woke up every morning and competed for the job until it was given to me. That's, I love to hear it. I love to hear it. So you do have a background uh, recruiting the area, sounds like. How many years have you recruited uh, previous to, to being named head coach? Yeah, I, I, recruited, um, I recruited Utah for six years. Okay. So at, at least five trips out here, but I had Utah for six years before taking the head coaching job at SUU. Good. So you kind of have uh, at least a, a concept of the, the culture, the community, and the topography driving up down I-15 from Vegas to, uh, to Pocatello, putting some, some miles on the, the rental cars. If you're going to use the word photography. <laughs> topography, yeah. What I, what I, yeah, what I can't pronounce that word. If you're going to use those big words, this show's not going very well now. <laughs> You're going you're to talk, and, my, and then I'm going to ask the question, hey, could yeah. you define that for yeah, me? Yeah, you're going to start asking me questions if I use yeah. the words that are, uh, that are up there. Well, When I was an offensive coordinator a long time ago, a young man stood up in the back of the room and said, Coach, can you tell me the premise of that play? Oh. I said, Son, can you define premise? <laughs> <laughs> love it, love it. <clears throat> so you're already getting a glimpse, uh, Thunderbird Nation, of, of the uh, endless wit and uh, – 
and jocularity of of the coach. I'm 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 going to play into your into your strength here and, and start using big words. So we we've established now that you're excited to come here. You've you've already seen the lay of the land for for a few years while you were with Southern Virginia. Tell us just a really quickly about Frostburg, how you turned around that program. What are some things that uh, that you did there? to turn them from a, a program that needed a little help to one that was really a powerhouse in, in Division Two. Yeah, we go back to the Southern Virginia thing first. Sure. We, we, our staff took that job in February of 09. We might have 706 schools playing football that year. We, we were in the 700s. We might have been the worst team in the country that year. We were able to scratch out three victories, turned around the following year and scratched out four victories and, you know, j- just enough for all of us to keep our jobs because the administration wanted to win a little more than we were winning. And, and we were able, after five years, uh, uh, year, year four, we won five games and then year six, we went eight and two and, and won the independent conference and we, we had the best record for any independent team division three football and we were excited about that from that success and that turnover um, I was fortunate enough to get an interview at Frostburg and be offered the job there um, and, and then got got there and Fr- Frostburg had been they've been one and nine two and eight three and seven for about 15 years it had been 13 14 years since they'd had a winning season our first season there we go four and six and a lot, a lot of positive things happen and had an opportunity to have a 500 season the following year we go six and four and we came out of the gate and we were six and one six and one and getting votes for the top 25 in the country and then it didn't finish didn't finish down the stretch and it had three games that we'd like to ha- all like to have back from that 2015 season and then john after that 2015 season it just all came together um coaching staff assistant coaches did a great job recruiting and a great job with our players and then we had full buy-in we had 125 young men on the roster, and we had full buy-in. And I, I don't know exactly what it was, but the last six years we won like 60 games, maybe 60-ish games. I know the last five seasons we won over 50 games. We were averaging over 10 wins a season. Where that special is, a lot of those years we were only scheduling 10 games. When you're yeah. scheduling 10 yeah. games, <laughs> scheduling 10 games and you're winning more than 10, that's success now. Phenomenal. Yeah, that's that's great. <clears throat> Um, you talked a little bit about your your uh, your assistants and your staff and how they were uh, able to be successful in recruiting. Um, that just kind of popped a question in my mind as far as recruiting goes. Um, number one, when when recruiting, what are you looking for? Obviously, there's you know you're you're looking for size if it's a line and speed, et cetera, et cetera. But but as far as a human being, what are you looking to recruit here at Southern Utah? And then also. Um, as far as the recruit back to the coaching staff, what is you know what do you think a player wants to see uh, when they're being recruited? What is what is something that that uh, would make Southern Utah University staff stand out on a recruiting visit? Yeah, what what are we looking for? Um, obviously, obviously the the measurables, and, and you're looking for for height and and length and the ability to run and change directions. Um, everybody's looking for those things. You, you, you know, is, is the young man long and strong? Can he run? Everybody's looking for that. The problem with that is, is all of my head coaching jobs have been turnaround jobs, have been programs that needed to be fixed and things needed to be tweaked in all areas. Um, so so what what happens with us is, is you have to look deeper and you have to do things a little more than just long, strong, and can run. So, so we, we go into um, – we look for hip explosion, 
can, can, can the young man explode through his hips? Can, does he have four to six inches of hip explosion? Um, can he power clean? Can he overhead squat? Can he squat? You know, can they do those things, show hip explosion? Can he transfer that out on the field and show hip explosion? There's coaches that miss that. Yeah. That, that they miss that. The ability to bend hip flexibility. We spend a lot of time on the hips now. Hip flexibility, hip explosion. We look at that. And then, John, you don't want to tell all the secrets in, in, of course, in, in of the first course. one. Yeah, absolutely. But I am huge on intrinsic motivation. In, in, intrinsic motivation, you know, it, has a young man been raised right? Um, did, did his mom and dad, grandparents, aunt and uncle, whoever, did his guardians raise him correctly? That, that's a big one with us because it's going to pay dividends in the long run. But intrinsic motivation, does he wake up in the morning with a little fire in his belly? Uh, it, d- does somebody have to get after him to get going, or does he get himself going? Um, if, if a young man gets up, if an adolescent male wakes up in the morning and he gets himself going, he's a whole lot easier to coach than if it's the other way around. And then the, the last thing, and, and people out there want to hear this, and it's true, you know, we're looking for scholars. Yeah. We're, we're, we're looking for scholars. Most of the people on our roster right now this fall um, were guys that we signed last year that are on academic scholarships. But the one thing I learned early on in my career, if he's a 3.0 or better in high school, well, he's never going to fail out in college. Yeah. He's never going to be academically ineligible. He's always going to be okay. And then lastly, we're looking for character. We, we, we like character in young men. Um, you know, who, who is he going to be on our campus as a person? Who's he going to be in our community? And then for, for me, character wise, you know, again, it goes back to the parenting thing. Um, who is he going to be at 30, 40, 50 years old? Yeah. Yeah. Now, the second part of this is, and, and I don't know if I can answer this because co- correctly, but I will tell you this in the recruiting process, a recruit is looking for something completely different than his parents are looking for. <laughs> That's facts. <laughs> uh, so, so you've got to mix the two up in recruiting. But what I figured out a long time ago is that we're, our coaching staff and myself, we're just going to be ourselves. Yeah. Well, we're going to be ourselves. And if the recruit and his parents don't like us, so be it. You, you know, it, it's better to not like us and go to another school than to like us and come here because that just causes, causes problems. Um, I have learned this in the recruiting process, okay? Players really like it if you're funny. If, if, if you're funny in the recruiting process and you make them laugh, yeah. you, you, you got a chance. Hey, it's, it's like an ugly guy picking up a date now. If, <laughs> hey, if he's, if he's funny, if he's got some personality and he's funny, it gives him a shot. Well, if, if I'm funny in the recruiting process, it gets me further with recruits. Yeah. And then on the parents' side now, the parents have to respect you. Sure. The parents have to respect what you believe in and who you are. And the parents have to be able to look at you and have a little bit of a vision of who their son's going to be at 22, 23, 24 years old. You know, yeah. am I dropping him off here at 18 and then picking him up a graduation when he's 22 or 23? Am I picking him up a better man? Yeah. Am I picking him up somebody that's equipped for life? Um, but but I'll, I'll, end, I'll end with the same thing I started with. Recruits look for something different than their parents are looking for. Yeah. Uh, that was that was very well put, Coach. I'm I'm yeah at a loss for words, but just just for the fact that uh, speaking with other coaches and and other opportunities that I've had to interview people, uh, I think there's some sometimes it gets lost in the equation that parents are looking for something completely different than what the kids might be looking for. And the reality is you're probably recruiting both, aren't you? You're recruiting uh, the kid for for uh, his talents and and everything, but you're also recruiting the parents and making sure that that you're going to uh, give their their son uh, a chance 
uh, to be a better a man in the future. So thanks for, thanks for that. Uh, thanks for that. So as far as recruiting goes, we kind of covered that. Um, I think I, I've been asking a bunch of people out in the community, uh, if they had an opportunity to ask you a question, what would they ask? And some were completely not football related. I'm going to stick to the football related for now. Uh, in the, in the, in the, <clears throat> in the future here, we'll talk about some completely random things to see what kind of guy you are and how you answer those questions. But football related, um, the number one question that I got from, from my buddies, my family, um, is what brand or style of football can we expect from, from Delane Fitzgerald and his coaching staff? Yeah, it's more from the more from the coaching staff and the players, but but we're going to be hard nosed and and blue collar, and, and we're we're going to bring a blue collar mentality to practice and, and to the games. Um, but people want to hear schematics and got to watch how much we give away right sure, now. Sure, sure. I'm never going to go anywhere that we don't run power. So so we're we're going to run power. Um, got guys, if I kick the bucket this evening, y'all make sure that the word power is on my tombstone. <laughs> don't, don't, <laughs> That's don't one of the questions I had for later. Yeah, just, That's just, awesome. And, and parent. Make make sure power, yeah. And you, you put it old old southeast old power old power O L E power old power. Now, you hear those old guys, but anyway, it, successful football. You got to run power, um, but we're we're going to do that. But we will be multiple on offense. We're going to be one back, two back, no back. Um, we'll be multiple there. We use more tight ends and full backs than anybody in the country. We're we're going to do those things. Um, but but at at the end of the day, what, what you do well is what you kind of have to do. Sure. Um, where I've been in the past, and and th- there's been seasons where we were 33 percent run, 33 percent pass, and then 33 percent option. We're not going to be that here. Um, we're we're going to be you know 45 percent run, 45 percent pass, and then 10 percent option here. Um, but we'll mix it up, and then hey, whoever's hot, whoever our best players are, we're going to continue to go back to them, continue to get them the football. Offensive football in 2022 is about getting your best football players the football in space yes. and, and letting them do their thing. Um, de- defensively, we'll be multiple also on defense, but um. Uh, John Kelling's a, a rocket scientist over there, and, and, and we're going to be even. We're going to be a couple different types of even front and a couple different types of odd front. The one thing I can promise you is we're, we're going to be a pressure defense. We're going to bring people. Um, you, you know, home home games. We'll start blitzing people when they come out of the locker room. Uh, when we're on the road, we'll start blitzing them when we get off a bus. But we're going to get after people. Um, our, our office. Somebody needs to look his stat up and tell me how correct I am uh, over the last ten years. Our defense at Southern Virginia and at Frostburg has led the country in tackles for loss and in sacks. Um, we're we're going to get after people in their backfield. Um, our defense might have broke the practice NCAA practice record for that this morning. <laughs> I don't know if that's good or bad. It ain't, hey, it ain't good for the offense. I can promise you that. Yeah. Well, that, that leads me into my next question. Um, observing practice, I've noticed that um, there's a real uh, expectation – and there's a real um, celebration of the big play, right? So uh, can you tell us the importance of the big play both on offense and on defense? For example, um, getting those guys out in space uh, on the offense. Um, we've got some tools. I, you know, We're not going to give too much away on this show, obviously, but we've got, we've got some, uh, some weapons that, that can that work in space. And then on the defensive side of the ball, um, you know, philosophy on, on uh, turnovers. Yeah. So so we we chart turnovers. We chart turnovers each day in every practice and 
in order for us to be successful, we've got to turn it over less than twice every day. So it's got to be less than twice on Saturdays during games also. But then on the flip side of that, our defense has got to be getting four, five, six turnovers every, every single day. Um, you, you brought up expectations, and yet, yeah, we have a standard. Our coaching staff has a standard, and our players are starting to acquire a standard on, on the expectations of, of big plays and making plays. Um, I, had the, um, I had the fortunate pleasure of attending a Mike Price practice um, getting ready to be 20 years ago 18 19 years ago I attended a practice at one of Mike Price's where he was coaching at at that time and he's coaching and and the players they, they run a post ball on air and this kid lays out makes this amazing catch and the whole field starts screaming big play and he turns around in the middle of like a radio or TV interview like we're doing and yells big play, throws his hands up, gives a touchdown sign, and everybody just goes wild. From that, we have adopted that philosophy. Um, so, so when our players and, – and what Mike explained to me later on in that practice was is they come to practice with like 10 wind sprints. Yeah. And then starting at the beginning of practice to the end, every big play that's made on offense, defense, or special teams takes off a big play. Take, excuse me, takes off a sprint. Takes off a sprint. Well, they're working really, really hard to get to zero. Now, on, on my intrinsic motivation, that's not intrinsic motivation. Right. That, that's extrinsic motivation. Yes. That's external. Um, but it still works, and it works really, really well. Um, so th- this morning this morning we started out with 14 wind sprints, and the young men had 16 big plays. Um, so we didn't run any. But if they ever come out flat or come out dead and the guys aren't flying around and they aren't making big plays, they know they got to run after practice. I have no desire to ever condition after practice. We practice so hard and, and everything is scripted down to the second and we run from drill to drill and it's up-tempo and it's exciting. I don't see any reason to condition. But to get that extra 5 10 15% out of them, we, we add those big plays and the young men love it now. It, it raises the competential, raises the competition in practice uh, a lot. Yeah, I'm, I've, I've noticed, uh, you know, I've been following Thunderbird football now for 15 years. I go to a lot of the practice. I'm that weirdo that uh, shows up on day one, and he's, there's two guys in the stands, and you're wondering what kind of life they live, that they're watching uh, college football in the spring. I'm that guy, right? So the observation uh, that I have is that conditioning that you're putting on them to uh, look for the big play, to be the big play, it's, it's, inc- it's awesome because uh, we can talk about winning. We can talk about um, – we will talk about winning here in a second, but um, that's a big ingredient, right? Uh, turnovers on defense, uh, they win football games. And then big plays like guys in space or, or really even just executing a block at the first or second level can make a huge difference in a football game, period. In the history of college football, there's never been a touchdown scored or field goal kicked without the football. That that little brown oblong pigskin is by far the most important thing on the field because without it, you cannot be successful. Yeah, going uh, going along those lines, um, this 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 is probably going to be a discussion we'll have a couple different times. Um, but I thought I'd bring it up. Uh, winning is winning is a is a learned behavior, right? Mm-hmm. So um, as, as you're thinking about that and you're thinking about how do I instill winning, how do I teach winning to my coaching staff and to my players and then onward into the community because uh, that, that winning attitude spreads, right? What, what in your opinion is like the single biggest or most important ingredient to winning? 
Yeah, I'm, I'm going to try my best not to not to use the the W word or the L word um, in in this show. Um, let, let's talk about being successful and unsuccessful. Successful and yeah. unsuccessful. Yeah, yeah. So successful people carry themselves successfully and act successfully long before they are long before they're successful in life that they have an aura and a way that they handle things in a way they get things done that, that is different from unsuccessful people um, and what we're doing is right now is we're teaching our young men the difference in success and not being successful the difference in the two and john it doesn't stop it doesn't stop on that football field um uh, football is is a um, vehicle in, in which us educators can use to help those young men with the rest of their life so not only are we talking with them about how to be successful on the field but everything we're telling them also goes into their personal life and their professional life once they graduate from college um but but you, you know there, there's a standard that there, there's a standard and a way people handle their business that are successful that is very different than people that are unsuccessful yeah in the in the future i'd love to uh highlight we'll not do it in this episode but a future i'd like to highlight maybe uh, a player or a coach that you've come across that you were able to see transition from maybe someone that didn't quite have the uh, successful attitude how they learned the process they went through and then the results uh, that they were able to have in their in their uh, life after uh, they were they were they came through your program, so we'll yeah. we'll highlight that in the in the future. John, episode. there's there, there's dozens, and yeah. that, that that'll be fun to talk about. Yeah, absolutely. So, um, I have uh, I have a couple questions I ha- uh, I've formulated here that uh, before I get into that, let's talk about one last thing, and that's that's the community, that's the campus, right? Southern Utah University, um, Cedar City, Utah, and the surrounding areas, Iron County, Beaver. Um, even really St. George, we're Southern Utah period. Um, how do you see, or, or what do you see the football's team role here on campus? Like the, the players and the coaches, and then how, what type of support are you looking for from the community and the student body in return? Like that give and take, that relationship. What would you love to see, um, you know, as you're projecting success into the future, what does the community and the the student body involvement look like to you? Yeah, um, you you brought up campus in town. That this campus is great. Um, that this town is great. Uh, it's it's the biggest. Hey, biggest biggest nicest campus that I've worked on. It's it's the biggest nicest town um, that 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 I've worked in or lived in. Um, great great people. The the not not only is the town nice and clean and the buildings are nice and all that, but the people here are great. People here are phenomenal. Um, you brought it. I don't know if it's my job to, to tell people, hey, come out and, and how many students should be there and how many people in town should be there. It's my job to put a product on the field that the people in southern Utah and in Cedar City and that the SUU student body can be proud of. That that, that That's where it's, it's – it's, hey. It's what I'm collecting a check for. Yeah. So, so it, yeah, that that's it. And my my hope is this. My hope is we've got a loud and proud student section. Um, and my hope is that we've got an alumni base and and, and a group of people living around here. We we're, we're getting ready to hit fifty thousand residents. We're getting ready to hit fifty thousand residents in Cedar City. We, we should be able to put fifteen twenty thousand people in that stadium every single time we play. And we've got five home games this year. So excited about that. Um. But, but it's my job to take care of the football part, and it's somebody else's job to get everybody to show up and be, be loud. So 
But but we hey, we and for everybody out there watching and listening, we would appreciate it. Absolutely, absolutely. And I found uh, coach that <clears throat> um, the community especially is uh, hungry for um, for a product that you just that you just uh, laid out there. Somebody we're, that we can be proud of. We're gonna get we're gonna give them that product. And do I think we're winning a conference title and a national title this fall? No, because we're not. And I'm not delusional. Um, at least not on not on the football side of things. Anyway, I might be delusional again. But uh, my wife and kids tell tell me I'm delusional about some other things, like the way I think the house should be kept and right. that type of stuff. Sure. Um, but but on football, no. Hey, here, here's what you're going to get the next couple of years to everybody that that's out there. Um, we're going to play extremely hard. And are we going to make mistakes? Yeah, we're going to make mistakes. We're the youngest team in the country this fall. And I've said that a couple of times yeah. in a couple of interviews. Um, we've got one senior on offense and, and three playing on defense. So so as, as we're sitting here and talking, are we, our, punter, our, our punter, so we've got four, uh, five. We, we, we've got five seniors that are right now, if we play, getting substantial playing time. Yeah. Um, we're going to return everybody next fall. We're going to make mistakes this fall. We're going to make mistakes next fall too. Here, here's my line in the sand. We're going to play as hard. As, as we can possibly play and no matter what happens we're going to tee it up and play the next play if, if we're up 14 we're going to play really hard the next play and if we're down 14 we're going to play really hard the next play and then that's my line in the sand you know with with, with the student body in town and that that's my promise to everyone and then that's my line in the sand with the players that they don't have a choice but to play extremely hard to whom much has been given much is expected amen to that yeah, that's that's great to hear, Coach. I think this uh, community responds well to effort. Uh, we want to see we want to see uh, maximum effort, and we realize uh, that we're still in a little bit of a rebuilding stage, uh, coming out of uh, a couple of seasons that were that were uh, less than ideal. But reality uh, is that as as long as we're getting that effort, I think you're going to see a lot of support uh, from the university and the students specifically. You're, so, you're a comedian when you say a little bit of a rebuild. <laughs> <laughs> well, we all know what it is. We just all a, we just, all know what it is. Like they say back home, just a titch. Just a titch. So um, we also had a few questions. Uh, I was out there again trying to field some questions, seeing what what the community and the and the, the students uh, and specifically uh, those around in my circle were interested in, and and I found that uh, my mom specifically. She had a few questions that she was interested in knowing. And she said, look, John, um, I'm not speaking for all the female crowd out there, but for me specifically, I'm more interested in, in the human being. Who are these people? Who are these uh, players as human beings? And she gets really excited and, and gets more, um, I don't know, more, uh, <clears throat> I don't know what the word is. And we're going to have some silent air here while I figure out what I want to say, but um, satisfaction out of out of knowing who someone is and then going and watching them versus okay he's a good quarterback or he's a good uh, lineman or whatever she's like I want to know who they are and then I'll go support them so here's a couple questions for you these are not football related they're just random questions um, that that uh, I got from both my sisters and my mom specifically. are you saying before we get to the players people <laughs> want to know who I am yes that's correct Ooh. And, uh, you know, we're going to throw some, some, uh, and I've been honest through the first 30 minutes of this. (laughs) Yeah, no, I was setting you up. Okay. Well, I'm going to throw you a few softballs. Okay. Here's an easy one. If you won the lottery, 
What's the first thing you would do? And then we're talking the big lot. We're talking a hundred million plus here. We're not talking a little, a little lottery. Wins. If I hit the lottery today, I don't. Well, first off, do Utah have lottery? No. Yeah, we don't do gambling here. Not so much. Which is funny because we are surrounded by Californians and, 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 and Vegas, and Nevadans, Mesquite, Nevadans, Nevadans. Um, if if I hit the lottery today, the first thing I would do is build these kids new facilities. Um, what we have one of, if not the worst, football facilities in the country. Um, but we'd we'd get new meeting rooms and a new locker room and new training room. The young men, the young men that are playing in our program deserve better. Fair. I like that. I like that answer. Little political, but. I do like that. Uh, that's you be looking out number one for that's, your guys. Yeah, there, there's no, there's that's no, the reality. There's no political there. That, that's a, the. That's the honest the, truth. That's the honest truth. All right, this one, this one's odd. So hang on to your seat. If you were to perform in the circus, what would you do? What, yeah. would, what would be your job yeah, for, in the for, circus? For those everybody out, I'm not very <laughs> athletic. I, okay. I wasn't very athletic. I, I may be. I, my, my, my talking about things on your tombstone. My claim to fame. I may be the worst athlete to ever start a Division One football game. <laughs> <laughs> and I did. And I started a couple. Um, I can see how you're so excited about effort. Then. Yeah, effort. Yeah, yeah you got to have effort. Um, if I was in the circus. Yeah. And look, you could be an animal if you want. You could uh, perform. I'm not going. I'm not going in a cage with tigers. So no. That's not happening. <laughs> hey, I'm about three fourths. I'm about three fourths afraid of heights. So I'm not doing the trapeze. Okay. Hey, I guess. I guess I'm gonna hang around with the elephants. Okay. I'm gonna hang around with the elephants. I don't know what I do with them, but just the ele- hang out with the elephants. Hey, the elephants would be me. I love it. I love it. Um, I got so many questions here. I'm gonna. Oh, this is a good one. Um, what is the main characteristics that your friends? Like people that know you, your family, your friends, what is the main characteristic they would attribute to you? What do you think it is? I was going to say, isn't that a question you should probably ask yeah. now? Yeah. Um, but what do you think it is? You know, as people, as people, as you view yeah. people viewing you. Yeah, I don't do anything halfway. So okay. that, that's the one thing they're going to tell you is I'm going to go, I'm going to go and I'm going to go hard and it really doesn't matter what we're doing. Um, uh, I, I do not have an addictive personality, but once we start on something, I'm going to finish it. You know, you, I get out on the golf course and show up to play nine, end up playing 36. Yeah. You know, I'm, I'm going to finish it now. I'm, I'm going to play. I'm going to hoe to the end of the row. Yeah, I love it. I love it. And you had mentioned what you'd want on your tombstone. That was literally one of my questions. And you said, old power. Old power. Yeah. I like it. I like it. A um, couple last questions here to kind of wrap things up. My mom asked this, and this might be foreshadowing for your future here. What meal in your past would you repeat and not change anything? You almost say you, you move. Hey, when you move out of the southeast, it's 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 a little bit like you're incarcerated because you cannot find good fried chicken to save your life out here. Um, and and hey, the LDS community, it's anti-sweet tea. So if if I, if I can get my hands on decent fried chicken and and sweet tea, it. It, 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 it'd be like a delicacy. Okay, okay, that is noted. We'll uh, Mom and Diane will will uh, will try to. To put you you right, can do, you can tell her the greasier the better to, now to put you on the fried chicken yeah. sweet tea train. All right, cool. Um, so I, this might might answer this question too. Favorite cold drink on a hot day? Favorite cold, yeah. Um, you can ice, be honest. Ice cold Mountain Dew. Okay. I am setting you up. But hey, Mountain Dew, hey, good cold. It's yeah. good hot. 
Yeah, <laughs> I'm in it. Hey, I haven't. I haven't heard of a good hot Mountain Dew. I'm in it. So. For, I'm in it. Hey, if you drink it hot, the caffeine gets into your bloodstream faster. I like it. Yeah, it's I more like intense it. into your bloodstream. So okay, okay. I'm that, in it for the caffeine. All right, here's a here's a random question, and this, by the way, this is uh, this show is in no way sponsored by Mountain Dew. However, this is another Mountain Dew question: If you could come up with your own personal flavor of Mountain Dew, what would it be? Uh, I'm, I'm traditional. I, I, they've come up with in my lifetime 25 different flavors of Mountain Dew: the Red Blast and the and the Orange Blast. Yeah, and, oh yeah. And now they're doing Hard Mountain Dew, so it's got alcohol on. I, I go back to I go back to the green can. I just continue to go back to the green can. Just go so, back to the well that keeps on giving. I was offended 20 years ago when they went away from the glass bottles and it went to all either aluminum or plastic. I didn't like the taste change because things taste different in a glass. I hear you. Um, all right. Last uh, last question. I think we'll wrap things up. Um, and this, you know, not to get too deep or anything, but if you had to choose the single most valuable lesson that you have learned, what would it be? And who taught you? What's the What's the most important lesson you've learned and who taught you? Boy, there's been so many. There's been so many. So it's you a, pick a couple. It's it's offensive to the people. Yeah. Um, no, no. Let's 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 go. Um, hey, and, and Angelo Lavar, who was my junior college head coach, and then was our offensive line coach for my eight seasons in Frostburg, and 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 Angelo Lavar um, had a way of just whispering to me, hey. Uh, that that's enough or hey but but it but the one the one time he said um he said don't ever forget that you, your impact on these young men is going to be much much greater than your impact on any football game or, or wins and losses or any of that and he he told me going forward you're going to be known for the young men that your football program produces over time. People will forget about the wins and losses because yeah. in the grand scheme of things, they don't matter. Um, but, but he, he, he kind of settled me down one time about, you know, uh, yeah, the, the, the character of the young men we're producing is a lot more important than the wins and losses. Yeah. Going back to not really discussing W's and L's, but, but success Yeah, and uh, success breeds success. Right. So. Games, games are won and lost before you get there. Yeah. With, with the, with the intestinal fortitude and the intrinsic motivation and the character of your young men. Yeah, love it, Coach. Any final words for this first inaugural episode of the Coaches Show? No, no. Hey, when when are we getting to like the episode where I get to like play my guitar and do that stuff on it? That's a jo- it's a joke. I have no I have no musical talent. Well, there you go. Uh, Thunderbird Nation, um, that is your first taste and first look at Coach Lane Fitzgerald, head coach of uh, Southern Utah University Thunderbirds. Thanks for listening. Again, we just wanted to mention the Touchdown Club. Touchdown Club is an organization that supports football specifically, different levels of giving. Uh, you can reach out to Jeff Tukuwafu. We'll have uh, some kind of link in uh, our information that you can get a hold of him if you'd like to to join the touchdown club and support southern utah football we do feel like especially with the new excitement surrounding su football that there is a great opportunity to uh, to join that touchdown club and be a part 
specifically of funding uh, the successes that uh, we'll, we'll most certainly need in the future. So thanks for listening. I'm John Smith signing off.